0: welcome Pastor Steve who's going to come and bring the word in week three of our Advent series. Bring it, buddy. Thanks, Pastor Tim. It's a, it's a privilege to share with you today. Uh, if we haven't had a chance to meet, my name is Steve, and I'm the Church Life Pastor here at Glad Tidings. Well, I, just before I get started, I just want to take a moment. The Bible does say uh, to give honor where honor is due. And so from me as a friend, uh, Hector and Ruth, I just want to honor you. Um, honor you for the things that are seen and the things that are unseen. Uh, You guys love God and you love people. Uh, As Hector mentioned, I've had the privilege of going twice to Guatemala. Uh, Our team, Pastor Sal, took a team just before COVID uh, in February of 2020. And now we're having our fourth team go. And the team that you mentioned, I think Tom Lang and some of our youth were on a building trip from the Cornelius Center way back. And so our our church has a history of partnering with what you and uh, Ruth have been doing in Guatemala and so we just thank you for the things that God is doing and all God's going to continue to do. So honor you this morning. Well, as Pastor Tim said, we're in week 3 of our Advent series and Advent comes from this Latin word adventus and it means the arrival. And so we celebrate the arrival of Emmanuel, who's God with us and so it's a celebration time that he came and then we also have a time of anticipation where we anticipate his soon coming return. Because he said, hey, I'm going to re- prepare a place for you, and where I am, you too shall be. And so we anticipate his soon coming return. And also at Advent, we participate. And he said, you know what, I, I knock at the door. If anyone would open, I will come. And he wants to have our participation in his kingdom. And so he invites us to participate. And he's waiting if we will allow him in. As Pastor Tim said, it's hard to believe, but we're 14 days and 13 sleeps away from Christmas. How many of you are excited about Christmas? All right, I saw a couple of hands, and Pastor Tim said it. You know, some of us are ready, some of us are not, Uh, but either way, I want to ask you this question. If you had one thing that you could get for Christmas, what would it be, right? Right? So you can keep that inside of your head and, you know, something that you would be on your one thing list, like if there was one thing I would want, fill in the blank, right? You know, many of us, there might be those new gadgets, you might be fascinated with the new smartphone or you might be wanting that or longing for that dream vacation or or maybe for some of you, it's like you haven't seen some family because of COVID and maybe they live overseas or in the US or whatever, and you've had a, a challenge being able to connect with family. You just you would wish to see family. Others of you may have young kids and you may be longing for some quiet and some me-time. But the reality is, is that we all have something that we long for and, and Christmas is beautiful because we get together and we celebrate and we have food. How many enjoy the food at Christmas? right? We have community with family and friends, and there is this opportunity where we exchange gifts one with another. Well, the thing that, you know, the the type of response that I'm thinking of, like if you had the one thing and you saw it at Christmas morning, I had a video on my phone that I saw recently, and it's of my daughter from a number of years ago, and this is the type of response that I'm talking about if you got your one thing. So let's show the clip here. There it is, the one thing. So that's what I'm talking about, and I I would like to say to you this morning that I I think that there is something, there is a one thing that we all want, and maybe many of us don't even realize that we need, and I believe that that one thing is peace, real peace. We need a peace that comes from God and only from God, and you know what, we see the scripture in Luke 2.14, and the angels come to announce the Messiah's arrival, And it says this, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. The angel's announcement was peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. And have you ever noticed in Jesus' public ministry how he would say to people, peace be with you. And on other occasions he would say, now go in peace. Peace is one of those valuable commodities in life and sometimes we take it for granted until it is snatched away from us. Right, we have peace and it's good, and it, we sometimes take it for granted. But all of a sudden, when it disappears, we all too familiar with the feelings of an absence of peace. You know what is peace? And I would like to say that peace is that feeling of rest. It's it's a sense of hope. It's a sense that God is in control. And it's been said that peace is the smile of God reflected in the soul of the believer. And so, you know what, if you've experienced that peace or are experiencing it now, you know what I'm talking about. And sadly, many of us have that that sense of inconsistent peace where it comes and it goes and moments of feelings of overwhelmed and, and uncertain and stressed out and tough time sleeping and tough time focusing. And if you know what I'm talking about, you can give me a head nod this morning, right? You know the feeling of when peace is quickly removed. See the reality is this: is that we can have money in the bank, but have no peace in our heart, right? We can have an appearance like it's all together, and on the inside, it's in a shamble. And peace is a powerful commodity that we all long for. And many of us, I, mean, I would suggest that many don't even realize that they need it. You know, when you think about your relationships with your family and your friends, I, I think it's fair to say that we want peace. And sadly. Many people are all too familiar with the opposite of peace in their relationships where we have misunderstandings and disagreements and hurt feelings, bitterness, resentment, and unforgiveness. And as we've been going through the Advent series, we've been using this passage in Isaiah 9, verse 6 and 7 as our launching point. I want us to read this verse together. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestors, David, for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's army will make this happen. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. You know what, last week Pastor Shil did a great job and she was helping us grow in our learning and understanding of Jesus as our wonderful counselor. And then a few weeks before that, two weeks ago, Pastor Tim helped us in our understanding of Jesus as mighty God and today I'm gonna do my best to help unpack Jesus as our Prince of Peace. You see the word Prince of Peace in Hebrew is the word Sar Shalom and Sar Shalom means the one who is in charge, the Lord, the General, Uh, Shalom, we're familiar with that word. Say that with me, shalom. Shalom Shalom sounds nice, and and it references rest and tranquility and wholeness, contentment. It's a beautiful thought to know that you have the Prince of Peace, the Captain of Rest, the, the Chief of Wholeness, the Lord of Contentment on your side. You know, the, the word shalom, as we've heard and as we've been learning it, has so much more deeper meaning in the Hebrew. One commentary said this, the word shalom, it means not just simply psychological ease, but there is a holistic sense of fulfillment, well-being, and flourishing. That kind of comprehensive shalom peace of God is what the Old Testament prophets, like Isaiah, prophesied of the Messiah's kingdom. See, this announcement of peace on earth was a two-pronged proclamation. First of all, it declared the arrival of the only one who ultimately could bring us lasting peace here on earth. And secondly, it was a proclamation that God's peace is available to all those that draw near him. Today, for a few minutes, I want to talk about three types of peace that are available for us today. I want to talk about upward peace. I want to talk about inward peace and outward peace. See, in Christ we receive this first type of peace and it is upward peace. Upward peace is the basis of all true peace. It's the peace that you and I receive when we put our faith and trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior. We receive an upward peace and a new relationship is formed as a result of our putting our trust in him. You look at Romans 5-1 and it talks about this newfound relationship. Therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus, our Lord, has done for us. Clearly, this peace comes by us putting our faith and trust in Jesus, and and it's lived out as we start living a life of obedience and surrender to the plans and purposes of God, And, and in exchange, we receive an incredible peace in our hearts and our lives. This is called saving peace and it means the wall of separation is broken between us and god and ephesians 2 14 says for christ himself has brought peace to us he united jews and gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us god in his love reaches out to us while we were yet in sin jesus died for you and me and as we put our faith and trust in him that wall of separation is broken down. Could somebody say thank you, Lord, this morning for what he has done and the peace, the saving peace that we can experience as a result of what Jesus has done? One of my favorite verses uh, that I think helps us see the promise and the pathway to experiencing upward peace is found in uh, Isaiah chapter 26, Uh, And it's at a time where the people were in turmoil and fear and uncertainty, and Isaiah prophesied of a day of pure worship. He prophesied about a day where there would be time that was filled with peace and passion and praise and thankfulness for the goodness of God. I'm going to invite you to stand with me as we read this portion of Scripture, Isaiah 26, 1 through 3. In that day, everyone in the land of Judah will sing this song. Our city is strong, and we are surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Open the gates to all who are righteous. Allow the faithful to enter. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Amen. You may be seated. I love this promise in verse 3. You will keep, who will keep? God will keep in perfect peace all whose thoughts are fixed on him. I don't know about you, but there are a lot of times that each of us at different times in our life have the inconsistent peace that comes, the barometer comes and goes, and, and I, for one, can have peace in a moment, and I can be listening to a worship song, I can be reading some scripture, I can be praying about something, and, and then all of a sudden I can just like, In a moment from having a peaceful moment with God, I can snap back to reality, and I can snap back to circumstances and situations, and all of a sudden, the peace that I had is disrupted. Anyone relate to disrupted peace this morning, right? And you start to go, oh yeah, you get a speed wobble, and you start to remember what you're dealing with and what you're facing and and the circumstances that are in front of you. And all too often we can get distracted and I think of the scripture of, of Peter as he's on the boat and Jesus is out in the water and he said, calls to him and Jesus and Peter starts to walk on water as he keeps his eyes on Jesus. But then what happens as he takes his eyes off of Jesus. He begins to sink. And likewise, I think there's such a powerful connection to us and our proximity to the Father. See, it's perfect peace that he says you will be kept in. And, and I love this word, perfect peace, in the Hebrew, it's the word is shalom, shalom. It's a double portion of God's peace. You know, it's, it's not enough that he says, I give you my peace, he goes, I give you a double portion of my peace. You will be kept in perfect peace. See, as you and I stay in close proximity to the Father, you know, it determines the level of peace that we have in our lives. As we keep our eyes on Jesus and keep our eyes fixed on him, He will help bring peace to your situation and to your circumstances. See, the perfect love of God, it drives out fear, and his presence brings about a perspective and an awareness and an assurance of his goodness. You know, at this season, if you're feeling a little bit of a speed wobble, and if your eyes are not focused on him and on your circumstances, can I encourage you, draw close to Jesus. He says if you will draw close to him, he will draw near to you. You know what? His his presence changes our perspective. You know, as a result of spending time in his presence and with him, we start to see that he is working all things together for our good, if you believe that. Minds. And we need, if we're honest, we need to apply this truth that his perfect peace is given to those whose minds and hearts are fixed on him. And see, the battle begins in our minds. You will be kept in perfect peace when your thoughts are fixed on him. Romans 12, it's a famous passage. It says, Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the what? Renewing, Renewing of our minds. And each of us today, we need to be reminded that the Prince of Peace has come and it's a responsibility. There's a promise that's given to each and every one of us, but there's a process. God does his part and he asks us to play a part. He wants us to walk in the process of this discovering his peace in our lives. See, those that are fixed on the truth of God, they're focused on who God is and his promises, they believe them and they receive them and they apply them. In their lives. I love this word for fixed in the Hebrew. It's the word samak, and it means to lean on completely. It means, anyone know the old song, lean on me when you're not strong, right? And I'll love your friend. Right? Anyways, we need to lean on him not when you're not strong, we need to lean on him at all times. Right, Because as you lean on him completely, it's, it's a resistance to be independent, but it's a determination to be dependent upon him. Because as we lean on him, that's us saying, God, I'm going to trust you. And as I trust you, with my, my, my mind is fixed on you. And he says, as a result of you doing your part, I uphold my end of the promise. I will keep you. As I think about that word keep, it's the keeping power of God. I just think that what can snatch you from the keeping hand of God? God's keeping power in his presence is a wonderful picture to know that as you do your part and trust him and lean on him with your mind, you will experience his perfect peace. You know, it's when our thoughts are resting on his unfailing promises Did you know that there are over 7,400 promises of God to you and to me? Promises like, you can face all things through Christ who gives you strength. Even though you walk through a dark valley, God is with you and he's promised to comfort you and to protect you. And everything that you need is found in him. Today, you can have the mind of Christ and you can overcome. You're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus it's when we lean on him that we begin to see his promises fulfilled in our lives, and we experience this peace of his presence, and his perspective becomes our reality. The question I want to ask you this morning is, what is your mind fixed on? When you have some downtime, and you're driving in the car by yourself, or as you're laying in bed, and you're going to sleep, or trying to sleep, where does your mind go? What are you focused on? What are you thinking about, are you consumed with God's thoughts or your thoughts? Are you consumed with the promises and the goodness of God or the worries of this life? What and where do your thoughts go? Isaiah says, God keeps in perfect peace those whose minds lean on him. As I said, the promise is you will be kept and the double portion of his peace is given So that's God's job, and the Bible says that all of God's promises are yes and an amen. God is good for his word. He's faithful. And his mercies, they're new every morning. And so the process that I alluded to earlier is that we have a responsibility to trust and to lean. Even when you don't see it, even when you don't feel it, you're saying, you know what, God, I'm going to lean on you. Because there's a, a beautiful concept that you can glean where you lean, OK, so the, the concept of gleaning and I won't get into it, but it's picking up in the Old Testament and, and you had to leave a portion of your crop for those that were widows and, and uh, those that, that, didn't ha- that were the poor among you. And so you could glean and you pick up the little remnant and, and likewise, we can glean where we lean as you lean into the promises of God. Guess what? You're going to be reminded of his goodness. You're going to be reminded of his faithfulness. You lean and you lean into the worries and the doubts and the the burdens of this life. You're going to start to see how bad it is and how no hope there is and how God, where has God been? What is God doing? You glean where you lean. And so as we do our job, I guarantee you can trust that God will do his job. See, in Christ, we receive and we experience this upward peace. But that's not the only peace that you can receive. We also discover inward peace. And I love this verse in Philippians 4, 8 and 9. And see, once we have received peace with God, we're ready to experience peace within. See, many times I just really think that we don't realize how to activate this peace within. And I love what Paul said to the church of Philippi. He said, Fix your thoughts on what is true and what is honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all that you've learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. Paul says, Fix your thoughts on what is pure and what is lovely, not on the things that cause worry and cause doubt. When you think on them and you give praise and and worship God, even in the midst of challenge, God says, you know what, you think on those things, what happens, God of peace will be with you. You know what, this is the one thing I want to encourage us on is this, that what do we fix our thoughts on? And, you know, many times I I just, this is the word that was in my heart, that we will allow different things, and you can contextualize this for yourself. We allow stuff into our lives. And I like to call this the Philippian filter. And what do we allow to filter into our mind that gets to our heart? Right, those things that we see and we're inundated in society by different things and whatever is pure, whatever is honorable, whatever is loving, and whatever is full of God's peace, do we allow those things? And I want to encourage us today that we can't expect to have a steady diet of garbage and expect it to produce gold. You can't get the gold of God's promise and of his peace if you're just allowing your mind to take in a bunch of stuff that is not full of honor, full of love, full of purity and admirable. We have to guard what we consume. We have to do our part, and God does his part. We need to remind ourselves that God is good in all seasons, at all times. And no one is bigger, no one is stronger, no one is greater than our God. And our God can do exceedingly, abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine. His word never fails. You know what, there's a powerful story in Mark chapter 4. Jesus in his public ministry, he's out doing ministry and he's like, hey guys, let's get in the boat, let's go to the other side. And while they're on the boat, Jesus is sleeping and a big storm rolls in. And we can read about it in Mark 4, verse 35, but I'm going to jump in on verse 38. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. looked like he was comfortable and relaxed. The disciples woke him up, shouting, "'Teacher, don't you care? We're going to drown.' When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, "'Silence, be still.' Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, "'Why are you afraid?' Do you still have no faith? See, what's interesting to me is that there was really two storms going on that day, right? The outward storm, the wind and the waves, and "Ah, we're going to down, right? And then the inward storm of like, oh my goodness, what's going to happen? And I don't know about you, but sometimes the inward storm is greater than the outward storm, and it's harder to control what's going on inside than what's going on outside. And Jesus looks up, and in calmness and in peace, He says, and he declares to the wind and waves, peace, be still. And see, Jesus was on their boat, and Jesus on the boat is a game changer. And and what inspired me about this text is, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Jesus was there with them when they were wrestling and they're trying to figure it out. Jesus is still there with you and me as we wrestle and as we go through seasons and storms and uncertainty and as we have a speed wobble. He hasn't abandoned you and that should be worthy of praise and say, God, thank you that you don't forget about me. You're still in my life. You're still with me. And as a result of your presence, you can say, peace, be still. And greater than the peace on the outside and it was a beautiful miracle, but God was doing a work in their heart. And you know what? Just because we have the peace of his promise and his presence doesn't mean that we avoid trials and challenges and storms. Jesus was clear in John 16, in this life, you will have trials, you'll have troubles, but we need to take heart because he's overcome. And he is with us. And if God is with us, who can be against us? See, as a result of God being with us, we have an ability to be strengthened by his presence. We can be comforted by him and we can experience his incredible peace. I know that I've experienced his peace firsthand, and I've also had different things come to my life that want to disrupt my peace. And, and I confess to you that I've had worries and I've had doubts and, and I've had a lack of peace at times. But I want to testify to you this morning about God's faithfulness. God is faithful. His promises are yes and amen, and he continues to lean in, even when I have a speed wobble, even when I'm uncertain. I can trust in the goodness of God. I've told you stories about when I hit the carport out front, and I was panicking and spinning out of control, and worried how much it was going to cost to fix the truck and the carport, and I was worried about what my boss was going to say, and I was really worried about what my wife was going to say, and God worked it out. You know, I told you about the story of traveling to Thailand with a bunch of students, and one of our students loses their passport in a connecting international airport, and I'm spinning out of control. How are we going to get there? We haven't even got there, and what a mess! And God works it out. God is faithful, and God is working all things together for good for those that love Him and are called according to His purposes. So this morning, if I can encourage you with this, whatever you're going through, if you're wrestling with a loss or suffering, in some pain, you have a great deal of fear. I pray that this passage in Philippians 4, 6 and 7 would speak to your heart as it spoke to my heart time and time again, where Paul writes this to the church and as he's in prison himself, he writes, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus you know what we can trust God the promise to not worry and to not doubt and to not be concerned that we we'll just try to replace The things that are coming in our life that want to produce that, we need to look back on the faithfulness of God. There's never been a day that he hasn't been with you. There's never been a day that he, maybe things don't go as you planned, but he's been faithful and you can trust him. And as we look back and we say, God, maybe I'm feeling a speed wobble right now, but I thank you for what you've done and I thank you for what you will continue to do as I keep my eyes on you. Because God is the author and the finisher and the perfecter of our faith. The peace that you get, friends, is not a peace that this world can give. It's a peace that can only be given by God. The world can't give it and the world can't take it away. Peace isn't the absence of heartache and the absence of loss, but real peace comes in the presence of God. So, whatever you're going through today, can I encourage you to fix your thoughts on Him? Completely lean on Him. Think about what is good, think about what is pure. And your mind will be kept in perfect peace. So in Christ, we receive this upward peace. We can experience inward peace. And lastly, I believe that we can discover outward peace. See, when we have found peace with God inwardly and, and upwardly, then it should, and it must compel us to extend the grace and peace that we've so generously received. Freely, as Pastor Tim said earlier, freely we have received, now freely we must give. This third kind of peace that we need to be aware of is the peace with people around us. We're called to be bringers of God's peace to every environment that we enter. Now, the first two types of peace, upward peace, we're like, yeah, that's good. Thank you, God. Inward peace, yes, I really, really need that. Outward peace, okay, slow down on the bus. Like, you don't know what I faced this week. You don't know the conversation, you don't know the history, you don't know the details, so slow down the bus on me being so, so warm and, and full of peace to those around me. Hebrews twelve fourteen and 15 says that it's an encouragement to work at living in peace with everyone. And work at living a holy life for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. One translation says, see to it that no one misses the grace of God. There's a responsibility. We have generously received his grace and his forgiveness and his mercy. Now freely, we must generously extend his grace and his mercy and his peace. Again, we read in Romans twelve eighteen, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. We're all responsible for relationships that we have, and as far as it depends on us, right? We want to be people that are extending the peace of God to people around us. I love this quote by Francis of Assisi. He said this, Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. May that be true of us, that in exchange for hurt, for disappointment, for anger, that we would sow peace. That we'd sow the peace of God, and it's our prayer today. We could experience inward peace, and upward peace, and outward peace. You know what? I want to close with a story. Um, Many of you will know that our church here, Glad Tidings, is a part of Fellowship of Churches. It's called the Pentecostal Assembly of Canada, and from coast to coast to over like 1,100 churches in Canada and every province has their own districts and, and Ontario's a big district so we have eastern Ontario and western Ontario district and, and in our district we have over 300 churches and uh, we had I'll show the photo here, we had a district superintendent named Lori Gibbons and uh, he had the privilege of being this position for 13 years and he served our district family incredibly well. We love him and we honor him and You might remember him last fall. He was here for Pastor Tim's installation service and just a beautiful time. And if you met him, you don't forget him. Here's a photo of him at an event we were at and my son, Yankees fan, I'm not sure why. But Pastor Lori was a diehard Yankees fan and they got a photo together and he just loved God and loved people. And I wanna say today that Pastor Lori was a passer of the peace. Pastor Lori, being the district superintendent, had a high-capacity, high-level role with all sorts of expectations and responsibilities. And yet, one thing that he did that I have never forgotten and will never forget is that as big as he was and influential as he was and responsibility that he had, he still valued people, individuals, and he played a part in passing peace. You see, Pastor Lori would handwrite birthday cards to every credential pastor in the Western Ontario District every year. Four or five hundred pastors in our district and he would sometimes write two to three birthday cards a year. And I remember receiving them and I remember the feeling of reading it and I don't know if you've ever sent a card where you're like, hey, Merry Christmas. Sign your name. Hey, thinking of you, da-da-da, sign your name. Pastor Laurie took time and was intentional and wrote some things from the heart. He said, "Hey Steve, I want to wish you a happy birthday. Maybe the best birthday ever. This is from last July when I turned 45." Said, "You're an incredible pastor. You have a real heart to disciple people. You are loved, respected, admired, and appreciated. You're a godly role model, a spiritual mentor to many. May God fill you with His grace and His compassion, His care, and His enthusiasm. You have integrity, and you lead with excellence. You have a." rich anointing on your ministry your love for your family many see and follow your example you've all always trusted and you have a leadership gift of wisdom and discernment I want to wish you a happy birthday I want you to know that I have this in my desk and up with some cards and every now and then I just need to be reminded of of God's call I need to be reminded that someone else sees something in me that I might not see in myself all the time. Pastor Lori extended the peace of God in my life. and, And I want you to know that Pastor Lori, he retired in the end of 2021. And in March, he passed away suddenly and unexpectedly. At the young age of 67 and it was a shock to everyone that knew him and loved him and appreciated his impactful ministry but I want you to know he was so determined to pass the peace that that his peace that he passed continues to be passed into my life when I need it and I want to encourage you today that you can pass the peace you can send a text you can write a card you can give a phone call you can take someone out for a meal you can listen You can love. You can care. Because God has planted you and I strategically. He's given you a realm of influence. He's put relationships in your path. Some of them you love, and some of them, if you're honest, you don't really care for. But God has put them in your life regardless, and he wants you to be someone that would say, I want to pass your peace. So this Christmas, would we be reminded that the Prince of Peace has come, And he's called us. He's blessed us with his peace. So if you have received upward peace and inward peace, you are called to extend his outward peace this season to those that are hurting, those that are broken, and those that are desperate. As I close, I want to share just some lyrics from a song, I Speak Jesus. And this week, as I was preparing the song, continued to play in my mind. And I was reminded of the lyrics that say, I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind because i know there is peace within your presence i speak jesus i want to speak jesus till every dark addiction starts to break declaring there's hope and that there's freedom and i want to speak the name of jesus over fear and anxiety and to every soul that is held captive by depression i speak jesus why do we speak the name of jesus because there's power in his name. There's freedom in his name. There's healing in his name. He is the Prince of Peace. And this morning, I don't know what situation you have, but you need to know that as you lean on him, you are leaning on a rock that is immovable. He's unshakable and he is a firm foundation to put your faith and your hope and your trust in today. So with our heads bowed and our eyes closed in this moment of just reflection, Realize that there are those of us that are here today that maybe you're going through something that is a storm like no other storm. As we travel in today on these snowy roads and slipping around, maybe you have a storm inside that is just causing you incredible worry, fear, uncertainty. But today, as we've heard the word of the Lord, God says he will keep you in perfect peace all whose thoughts are fixed on him. This morning, if you're here and you're saying, Steve, I need his perfect peace. That's you this morning. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. And you say, Steve, would you pray for me this morning? I'm just gonna ask you to raise your hand. A moment between you and God. Yes, I see your hand. You need perfect peace? Prince of peace is here. So, Jesus, we thank you that you are the Prince of peace. You are the peace that passes all understanding. So, Father, I thank you. I thank you that you said, Be still, silence to the wind and the waves. And, Father, I pray that, Lord, our circumstances, that you would speak to them. We pray now that you would bring peace. situations i pray that you bring peace to our hearts god would you help us do what we can do i pray that you would help us trust you i pray that you would help us fix our eyes on you that you are the author and the finisher and the perfecter of our faith may we fix our eyes on you may we lean completely on you and god in exchange would you give us a keeping peace a peace that passes all understanding God, I pray that we would have a testimony of your goodness, of your provision, of your protection. God, of your mercy. And we thank you, God, for what you have done. And God, I thank you for what you are doing in this moment. God, we give our lives to you. God, I thank you that you see us and you know exactly where we are at. And you want to walk with us. And you want to bring us the gift of your peace today. So Father, I pray for just a fresh deposit, a double portion of your peace now as we look to you. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm gonna invite you to stand with me as we just sing the song, I Speak Jesus. I'm gonna invite our prayer team to come as we sing. If you'd like someone to agree with you in prayer, we're gonna pray with you this morning.
1: Your name is power Your name is healing Your name is light. Break every stronghold Shine through the shadows Burn like a fire Your name is power Your name is healing, your name is light. Break every stronghold, shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. Shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets. Jesus in the darkness over every enemy Jesus for your family I speak the holy name Jesus Shout Jesus from the mountains Jesus in the streets Jesus in the darkness over every enemy Jesus for my family I speak the holy name Jesus Shout oh, oh, Jesus oh, 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 oh. Shout Jesus on the mountains Jesus in the streets Jesus in the darkness over every So my face.
0: In the valleys. Would you shall you know what the peace is in his presence. And the peace that you have received may you freely give. And I believe that as we extend his kingdom, we will play a part in seeing his beautiful kingdom come. God bless you. Have an incredible week and uh enjoy all that God has for you. God bless you.